After many, many, many tries, hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of RT Pence. I am Vivian. And I'm Leah. And again, this week, we don't have a set topic in mind. We're just going to see where the conversation takes us because a lot of interesting things have happened since we last spoke. Yes, yes. So the last time we spoke, I just got back and now I'm all settled in. I finished my quarantine, so I am free to leave and stay on these streets (laughs) like Dominic Cummings has been doing for the past two months. (laughs) But yes. (laughs) yeah what's been what's been going on in your world Leah I feel like the big elephant in the room in terms of what's been going on in the world is like I can't I can only describe it as in like the world or like the black community deciding that enough is enough after the death of George Floyd the murder of George Floyd yes I mean it's it's just constant, like, it's just a constant state to be seen as equals. And do you know what? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get where this hatred comes from. I don't get where this this desire to want to kill us, to want to treat us as other, to want to put us down comes from and the gaslighting and trying to make us feel like it's all in our heads. I just, I just, I just don't understand it anymore. And I understand the outrage. I understand the feeling of enough is enough. You can't keep doing this to us and getting away with it. And him being charged with third degree just is another just slapping our faces like as if we didn't watch the execution I mean I haven't seen the video and I never see these videos when they go around on socials um and I don't think that they should be circulated in the way that they are because it's very very distressing for people at this point to have to literally watch someone being killed I've also just seen commentary on how even in death, the way that black bodies are treated compared to white bodies, as in when white people face tragedies or are murdered, you don't see their bodies displayed on the internet in in as gruesome or as graphic a way as you do black and brown bodies. Yeah. And it's just like, we have to show just like how gruesome it is for people to believe the outrage like as in we could describe it we could say yes somebody you know this policeman was standing on this man's neck and he was pleading to them that he couldn't breathe and whatnot but for for some reason that's not enough like we have to show people how we're being treated for them to take it more seriously and even now some people aren't taking it seriously some people think that we are overreacting and we don't need to burn down um target and all of that people are feeling outraged and they're feeling annoyed and they're upset and they're hurt and this is just their way of I guess expressing those emotions and honestly I don't blame them I don't blame them at all we've seen it here in the UK a couple of years ago when we had the London riots I don't know if you were around for it I was home during the London riots we were watching on the tv um Croydon isn't that far away from us and it was just a general consensus of just stay home because it was yeah it was again um the unnecessary death of a black man in the UK Mm. and 
one thing that I, I spoke to Vivian about when all of this kind of blew up was just it really the it was like it was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back and it basically just shook people out of their complacency absolutely it shook me out of my complacency for sure because it is very very easy to think of this as just an american issue yes as in as yes. in to think that oh racism isn't as prevalent in the uk but people have pointed out if the british police were as armed as the american police are then we would be seeing similar things. It's just because the general public, like the reason why I don't have to fear being shot in the street is because people just in the in like my community and my vicinity just it isn't very likely at all that they will have access to a gun. Absolutely. I'm I'm shaking my head because I completely agree with you, yeah. So this kind of definitely woke me up to the issues going on in our own backyard. Yeah. And the thing is that I have been spending so much time on Twitter and um, I honestly, like I will spend hours and hours of the day. Like I'll be minding my business, watching TV, trying to watch season three of Dynasty, trying to just, you know, get in some, some bougie over the top drama. And I, my mind will constantly be drifting to what is going on. And I find that on Twitter, I just get all of these updates and I just see all of these things that are happening to people. And it's really making me open my eyes. It was on Twitter that I found that someone had made a thread of, different ways to contribute um we will be sharing all of our links in the description but the different ways that you can contribute if you are looking to contribute to a freedom fund because of all of the different protests that are happening across america and then there's also um a thread on twitter about all of the people all of the deaths that have gone unpunished in the uk by the police yes yeah yeah and i was scrolling through this list and i honestly i recognize maybe two three names Mm. and then all of the other ones i didn't i did not recognize and i was even like is this real until I saw other people commenting about it or telling stories about the individuals that were killed and how nice they were and how kind they were and how unjust the situation was I realized that there's so much that happens in the UK that we Uh, just don't hear about uh, that we just aren't as vocal about yeah no but it goes back to that whole thing of because we're so used to our black and brown people being killed in such a aggressive way or just disgusting way it's not something that we are privy to in the UK because like you said guns aren't something that people would just hold unless you're a police officer and even if you shoot a rifle it is something that is extensively investigated in the UK so yes police officers are not as likely to use their gun to shoot people as they are in the US. But no, racism is very much alive in the UK. It is something that we probably go through every single day and we just are sort of immune to it. It's weird, like, because it's our daily experience. And I think it comes, it comes to a head, like when you have white friends and you explain the situation to them. And yesterday, actually, I was speaking to a friend about it. Uh, my white friend, and she brought up the topic of George Floyd. And she said, Viv, I watched the video and it was just so disgusting. And, you know, he had such a beautiful life and blah, 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 blah. And she was trying to describe the situation. She was trying to look for words. And I was like, you know, you could just call him a black man. You you know that like that's okay. She was like, Oh, I've never I've never thought that because like my whole life I've always been taught that calling a black person black was racist. And I was like, How is it racist when that's what I am? So it's 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 a level of just miseducation that goes around in our communities. There is a level of people not wanting to learn, so ignorance as well that goes around. And I think this is bringing up awareness in 
all of us and stirring up the right emotions, which is that things have to change. The fact that this woman was spat on doing her job that she didn't want to do and ended up dying of the virus and the Met are saying, yeah, we're just going to close the investigation because there's no proof that this actually happened to Belly Majinga. It's like, at what point does our lives matter? At what point are we seen as equal humans to just everybody else, just for doing things that we we've, we've been told is necessary to just live in a society? At what point? One thing that I really, really do recommend that people listen to is um, Trevor Noah. I think as part of The Daily Show, he put up an Instagram video talking to the people that are looking at the riots and the looting and thinking this is too much. It's aimed at the people who are offended by the actions of hurt people rather than the hurting of the people. Yeah. And he basically brought up this concept of the social contract and how when we are living in society, the reason that we're law abiding is because we believe in a system in which, okay, if you do bad, you'll get punished and everything will be just. We believe that there is justice and that's the reason why we all abide by everything. Yeah. And he's saying well, what these people have faced is that they have not faced justice. They have been like, their social contract has been ripped up by the police because we know the, for a fact that the police are acting unlawfully. So yeah. if they're acting unlawfully, why is it up to me to uphold this social contract? Yeah. And the one thing that I feel like this right has really, really pointed out is how aggressive the American police are. And I think it will open everyone's eyes to looking into how police are run in every single country. Because yeah. in America, I have seen like videos of the American police shooting rubber bullets, shooting special rounds at journalists yeah. live while they're recording and yeah. they are throwing tear gas at them they are shooting them they are arresting them and i'm just thinking if they are doing this yeah. while they're going live on tv people have said that that's because they don't want the journalists to really show what they're doing yeah and it, and i'm just thinking if they're able to act so brazenly so blatantly illegally because yeah. all of the people that i've seen the press have no identified themselves they've identified that they are press and the press are allowed they have freedom of press yeah. And they are allowed to actually be there and they have and they have asked the police to move them to a, a special area that they're allowed to be at. They've been like, OK, where do you want me to go? They've cooperated in the videos that I've seen and still they have been arrested. Still, they've had rubber bullets shot at them. One woman, one photojournalist was shot a rubber bullet in her eye and now she's blind in the eye. And I think it's waking people up to see just how aggressively the police treat people just how much it is an us versus them mentality yeah no it is it's it's interesting you say that because patriot act on netflix i don't know if i've ever spoken about it on this podcast it's um fronted by hassan minaj and he does an episode on policing in america and essentially what it comes down to is the way police officers are trained they aren't trained where in the UK they're trained to protect and to look after, their training is very much a defensive training. So their training is looking for guns because America is a country of, you know, they call it land of the free and anyone can have a gun. So the police are always on the defensive. And then on top of that, they have the unions who are constantly behind them, constantly backing them. You are going to find it very, 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 very difficult to prosecute a police officer in the United States of America just by the virtue of how they are trained, the people that 
are looking after them, the unions that support them, and the government in itself. Because prosecutors in America need police officers to be on their sides so that they can prosecute other types of criminals. Because as we know, America is like the biggest capitalist state in the world. So it it goes, it, it really just does go back to money. It goes back to power and it goes back to all of this social injustices that we see. And it's not something that we can fix just by talking. There needs to be action. And I think what the rioting is doing is showing the authorities that we've had enough. We've done peaceful protesting. Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for like three years and nobody looked to this man to say, oh, yes, let's change. In fact, he was prosecuted for it. He lost all his jobs. He lost fans. The NFL started um, blacklisting him so he couldn't even get on the team for peaceful protesting. Vivian, do you want to know what's very interesting? The NFL tweeted about this incident and about the writing and about the way that black people are treated. And in the comments, everyone was just like, okay, if you want us to take you seriously, apologize to Colin Kaepernick, own up to what you have done. And again, like part of the NFL team have talked about how there is pressure from Trump and from the government and for them to abide by their rules and for them to play the national anthem, because I don't think it's compulsory to play the national anthem in other sports. Like other leagues have not had the same issue like the NBA or the NHL. It's always the NFL. Yeah. And it's just, it's this concept of the good black, the concept of, oh, we have to be law abiding for us to be as equals to everyone else in the society. I'm pretty sure that when people are protesting for gay rights, when people are protesting for, because Stonewall was not a walk in the park like people died for stonewall mm. 50 years ago in new york when people are protesting for the suffragette somebody there were actually there was a thread about this let me not say as if it's my own idea i read this on twitter and somebody said peaceful protesting has never gotten anyone anywhere it's you have to have peaceful protesting when you can see results okay and also those same people that talk about peaceful protesting it's infuriating the number of people that bring up Martin Luther King. And <sighs> underneath all of those comments, it's like, why can't they have a peaceful approach like Martin Luther King? And it's like, well, because y- you killed him. Um, and also, yeah, you assassinated him. And also Martin Luther King wasn't just peaceful. That was part of a whole thing, the whole movement. Okay. And when people, oh my goodness, sorry. I, it just gets me so upset because this, when I read this thread, this lady made such a good point. She was like, suffragettes, people were literally martyring themselves for the rights for women. Mm-hmm. Emmeline Pankhurst was not walking down the street with a banner. Sis was saying, I'm not going to eat. Sis was sent to prison. Sis had to be force fed through a tube. I did my history in the UK, so I know what I'm talking about, okay? Whenever there's peaceful protesting, people always want to push this peaceful protesting when it comes to black people fighting for their rights, as if when other rights were being fought for, when they were, when they were negative, when they were um, violent, nobody remembered that. And one of the things I also love to see is people are like, oh, wasn't it? It wasn't but just two weeks ago when the conservatives were, um, you know, protesting with semi-automatic weapons and they were just and they were coughing in the faces of police officers and they were left to their own devices. Okay, then. And also, let me just quickly rewind back 
before this video of this man's murder was posted around on social media, there was also another video of a white woman in a park basically hurting her dog. Yeah, she, that dog, I'm, I hope that dog has been taken away from her because she is, her. she is not fit to be a dog owner. Like, and I don't even like dogs, so imagine. And her being disrespectful to this man, I think his, what Amy was his Cooper name? Was her name. Amy Cooper was her name. He was Christian Cooper. I think his name was Christian Cooper as well. Mm. And he was basically telling her that he, she should keep her distance because social distancing, he just likes going to the park. doesn't even matter what the circumstance was, okay? What we saw was this lady call, saying she was going to call up the the police officers and say to them that this man was threatening her life. An African-American man. An African-American man was threatening her life and she started crying on the phone while basically strangling this poor dog and she kept going and she kept going and what I want people especially white people to realize is that this is your privilege you know what happens to black men with the police officers you know that police officers do not look upon african-americans lovely they don't look onto them the same way that they look onto you and that's why you weaponize your tears why women have been weaponizing their tears from before jesus was here like i don't know sha all they do is weaponize their tears and to see this and then to see people say oh yeah peaceful protesting we just need to ask nicely why do we need to ask nicely for something that you have been having and we've been asking nicely and then people like post on the internet oh yeah but christian cooper this is the person that she called a police officer on. He is a Harvard graduate. He loves bird watching. And to me, none of that is relevant in the, in the conversation. Mm. It doesn't matter that he went to Harvard. Why should he have to prove himself to be a good person for him not to face racial attacks? Why should he have to say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm educated. By the way, I'm smart. By the way, I just love to come to the park to watch birds. By the way, I have money. None of those things should matter for him to be looked at as just a human being. In. Absolutely. And another thing that bothers me about this idea of the rioting is just how few people are actually involved in the rioting compared to the peaceful protests. And then also the instigators. I have seen videos, I have seen photos of white people breaking store windows, setting things on fire. Speak on it. Apparently, in all different kinds of scenarios, there are people who like to instigate violence to get the police involved or yes. to create a much more aggressive scenario. Like I've heard yes. that there's this um, group called like the Boogaloos or something that walk around in Hawaiian church with their semi-automatic weapons who are trying to start another war, like trying to start another civil war. And it's like the Amish came out to like, that's how unjust that someone was like, they left their houses, they got their horse and their wagon and they turned up because they know that you've done wrong speak on it Leah these people most of and it's funny because even when I was watching the videos of the stores that were being looted a lot of the people that were stealing things guess what were white a lot of the mm. people that were going in there taking stuff out they were white saying that they weren't black people there but don't cast us in this paint of oh yeah, it's just black people. They're just being animals. We've given them the chance to come to our country. Guess what? That's what the Native Americans fought when British people went to their land, Christopher Columbus with his people them and came there with guns and started shooting them to steal their land. 
And spreading the cold, the flu, the smallpox. And, spread, and spreading their diseases everywhere. That's what the Australians, the Aboriginals in the Australia, that's the way they felt. And fi- that's how we feel when you came to our sit- when you came to our land, not to only steal our land, but to also steal our people and enslave them so that they can build up yours. So when you want to talk about violence, please understand your history. Please educate yourself and understand that nothing is given to anyone that don't fight for it. And we've been fighting, Leah. Mm. We've been fighting. We've been fighting. We've been begging. It was like we've been begging for us to just be seen as equals. And the only way we can do this, I believe that protesting is great. I believe that if you have to riot because you're upset and you're angry, go for it. But there has to be some systemic difference. Like there has to be something that we're doing because I watched a video yesterday and it was an interview with Anderson Cooper and Cornell West, who is like a philosopher. He's a professor at Princeton University. And he he had such an, a great insight into what is really going on. He said, listen, we've had a black president. We had black judges. We had black people sitting on the police board. We had black people as the prosecutors. We've had black people sitting in different areas. And still, there is no change which means that there is something wrong with the fabric of how this society is being run. It's, it's not enough for us to say, oh yeah, we'll put a black person in the room, but it's a star. It's not enough for us to say the head of the free world will be a black person because under Barack Obama, there was killings. Mm. You know what? Somebody says, stop calling it police brutality. It's police murder. And that's what it is. It's not brutality anymore because it's leading to people dying. So it's murder. Under Barack Obama, black people are still disproportionately not favoured in society. Even when you have black people in the room, we're still seeing things that don't benefit us as a society, don't benefit us as a people. So there must be something wrong in the fabric of the way we live. And until people are comfortable with that idea that is when we're going to start to see changes. Until white people are able to say, isn't it weird that Martha is here in the room, but still, you know, Vivian down there is not seeing changes in her life until they're able to look upon themselves and say, hold on a minute. What, what do I have? That means that this, these people can't live the same way that I can live. Why is it that you go into a predominantly black area and you're immediately scared and you're holding your bags and you're feeling scared? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why is that we look onto black bodies and we fear and we're nervous and we and we see violence? Why is that? I really, really hope that this is a wake up call. Like, because I know that we're living in such a historical moment. Like, I keep thinking back to what will be written in the pages of the history book, and I just feel like it was like all of these puzzle pieces came together. It was the coronavirus and the economic instability and the violence and just in social media being like being here in our lifetimes for us to be able to see what was happening and it's just lit this match and I really 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 hope that something comes from it I pray that something comes from it and I do you know what it is as well I don't want us as a people to become complacent again like you said it I've I felt it we've had this conversation for multiple times I don't want it that 
in a week's time or in two weeks time because of just how fast things move in the social media world how quickly media moves now we don't stay on a topic for more than a week we don't stay Mm. on a story for more than a week this cannot just be a story this literally has to be woven into the way we live our lives we have to fight this cause for our children Leah like we you you've spoken about children to grow up in a society that is more favorable than the one that we have grown up in and are still growing up in but this can't just be another hashtag Briona was just in her house and they they broke into her house and killed her in her house for the own mistakes that they made it was the wrong house that they went into and on top of that the person that they were looking for had already been arrested at the beginning of the day so how is it that these things like these things just can't keep happening like we just can't keep killing people by accident if Briona was a white woman that man would have already been arrested he would have already gone to court you know Mm. everybody would have been charged by now but it just goes under the radar and even in this situation I keep mentioning Briona because not not everybody is because she's a black woman we all know what happens Mm. to black women we're always forgotten about yeah I just feel like it, it seems like such a vast, a vast topic. Literally, it was like two episodes ago that we were talking about. We tried to cure racism and we realized that it was way beyond us. It, it's like, I feel like because this is happening now and the conversation is so prevalent on social media, there's there's a lot more people looking out for things that they can do to help. Yeah. And I feel like one of them is having uncomfortable conversations. And this is something that I am nervous about. Yeah. Because I feel like, especially when it comes to posting on social media, like there's been loads of people who have been posting statements and you kind of sometimes feel like you don't know enough or that you're not educated enough or like you're like, oh, I didn't have a degree in African studies or African American. So you, so you feel like yeah. you don't have stuff to contribute. And yeah. I think Shannon Boudram did another quick video on this where she basically said that when, like when a tragedy happens or when something horrific is happening, she basically like, talked about the different responses that people have to stress, yeah. which this is what this is. This is a very, this very stressful, stressful situation. situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And she talked about how there's fight, there's flight, and then there's people that freeze. And she said, the freezing is a very, very normal reaction to have because when all of this was blowing up, my instinct was hide don't try and look at social media, you know, just burrow into yourself and, and yeah. I don't know, just like try and um, exist. Exist. <laughs> yeah. 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 As in, there's something, there's something that is quite painful about having to constantly justify your existence and the fact that you deserve just like basic human decency so it Mm. can be exhausting and sometimes you're just like i just i just i just want to live yeah but you basically said that when it comes to feeling the experience of freezing she basically said that it's a habit that people develop and that it's a coping mechanism which it is and that it basically just takes practicing putting action in place she said that the people that freeze in situations where, like this, like even just on social media, are the same people that will freeze when they see injustice in person. 
Yeah. And don't know what to do. So she said that one thing that people should do is they should, they, you should be uncomfortable. Yeah. Racism is not comfortable for anybody. No, so it's you not. should be uncomfortable. That you should just yeah. practice small moments of action. And it doesn't have to be a big social media statement because one thing that we have seen on Twitter is that people have just said like if if this isn't your bag don't make a statement okay just support the people that amplify the voices that know okay yeah that that yeah. is also a valid thing to do because not everybody has the words or the capability and yeah. sometimes you can detract yeah. from the cause by talking nonsense so yeah you can, you can act by amplifying voices you can act by donating to these funds and you can also act by having difficult conversations with your white counterparts with your white friends with your white colleagues and you yeah. can talk to your family members because there's been the unification of people of colour, as in there's been support from the South Asian community, the East Asian community, support from the Latino community and, and other communities like the Native Americans have been really, really present at the rallies. But one thing that is a difficult conversation to have is between African people. Mm. And I feel like sometimes there can be this attitude in the older generations of mm. it's their problem. Or mm, why are they sagging their pants? Yeah. Why are they... It's like, oh, he was probably part of a gang anyway. Like, always looking for excuses for the death of somebody mm. other than them just, yeah. And I understand it's because they have been raised in this kind of good immigrant mentality. But um, what I'm, my, the point that I'm trying to make is that difficult conversations aren't always just for non-Black people. Yes. Black people also do need to have difficult conversations with their family members. Because their sometimes members. older family members really, really do believe that those people are in the wrong. Yeah. And you have to explain to them that no, it does not matter if they're not educated. It does not matter if they're not top of the class. It doesn't matter all of these things. It doesn't matter if they didn't go to Harvard. It doesn't matter if, if they're not a bird watcher. They still deserve human decency. And that is a conversation yeah. that can still be had. Yes. But I, I just feel like I've just frozen on what to say on social media. And I think in the end, I'm just going to post the list of the British people that have been killed unjustly with no repercussions and yeah. leave that as it is because sometimes it can be really hard to know what to do or what to say or what next steps you can do to add to the movement rather than detract from it yeah I mean I felt exactly the same way as you I like as everybody knows I'm not an avid social media user anyway so mm. I got onto this very very late I didn't really know what was going on for a long time because I was sort of in my own world and when I came across it which was a few days ago, but yesterday was the first time because I froze. I was like, okay, so this has happened. I need time to process it because for me, it's very personal. It's not just about, you know, George Floyd. Of course, he is the center of it now, but it's like black boys. You know, why are black boys always danger and I I have brothers I I my brother lives in America and that's that was something that scared me a lot that was one of the reasons I didn't want him to go so when I, whenever I see stories of black people being killed unjustly in America I just always have to retreat I always have to say okay just 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 let it be and yesterday I did I did my research I was I was reading about these whole stories I was going through it and it's just a, it's just the feeling of like I said at the beginning, what what did we do? All we did was be black. That's all I've ever done. I've never, we've mm. never, we've never done anything. We've never, we have not even, 
we haven't even come to the UK to try to take their money. Like we, all we've ever done was be black. All we ever did in Africa, all those many, many years ago was live in our lives and do our own thing. And because of our power, because of our wealth, because of our education or just our source, like what, why is it that we are now in this situation where I can't even, I can't do anything without stereotypes. I can't be, I can't live. I always have to think about the fact that I am black first. I always have to think about the fact that society will never just look at me as Viv. It will always be Viv, the black girl, Viv, the girl that changes her hair, Viv, the the girl that is from Nigeria, Viv, the girl that speaks a different language, Viv, the girl that has a different name and we can't pronounce it, Viv, that has seven, like, it's always a stigma attached to my experience from stereotypes that's been created by a system that wasn't even by me or by people of my color. It's, It's created by a different group of people who have done it to other us. And I really appreciate the fact that difficult conversations also need to be had in our own communities because yesterday, my auntie, who has two daughters, black daughters, said to me, why is it that we always bother ourselves with things that happen in America? Why is it that, like, it's not happening over here? Let's just live our lives. I said, because auntie, your kids are going to grow up in this world. Mm. I said, because one day, whether or not you like it, these things are going to affect your children. These things are affecting me. These things are affecting you. Why is it that black people are four times more likely to die in the UK of COVID-19 than other races? Why is that? Is the internalized imposter syndrome that we have is the fact that we have underlying conditions and we don't say because we're trying to work to please our white counterparts. It's internalized. It's internalized slavery. Why is it that this man couldn't to the supermarket and buy food and then somehow his check bounced and now the police officer is standing on his neck as he's saying to them, I cannot breathe. Why is it that they don't see us as humans? Why is it that they tell black women, you're strong, you can, you can handle the pain when they are telling them, I am in pain. When black women yeah. go to have babies, they say to them, you don't need epidural, you're strong. Where has this idea of strongness come from? <sighs> where? Like, where? You work in the industry. Where? Where, auntie? Where has it come from? It's from our white counterparts always telling us what we feel, how we should feel what our experiences should be like, how we need to, t- even in protest, they tell us that what we're doing is wrong. Mm. We can't even show outrage in the way that we want to show outrage. So I think that if you, if you're going through this and you, you just freeze, it is perfectly normal. Um, because I freeze a lot. I, I detach myself a lot. I've, I, I actually had my, a white friend of mine say to me, oh, Viv, I'm very surprised you haven't said anything about the George Floyd thing. I'm actually quite disappointed. Like, he didn't say disappointed, but he was just like, wow, I just, I can't believe you haven't said anything. How is it that you're able to keep quiet? I said, you know what, for once, use your white privilege for good and don't come to me as a black person mm. and tell me to speak on black crimes because that is my lived experiences. Mm you know what? Use your white privilege, use your white platform. You go out there and you do the work. You do the education and stop stressing black. Stop asking black people to feel to outrage, work. 
to do the work. Mm. This is the time for you to do it. This is my lived experience. And the fact that there are countless black creators or social media um, journalists or personalities in general who have been like, can you please stop sending me horrific images of brutalized bodies, please? Like, it's not okay. It's one of those things where it's like, we, we know, we know. I know, I know. And sometimes it's like, I just, I'm, sometimes you're just tired. Yes, Leah. I feel like, no, yesterday I was shattered, like emotionally just thinking, do you know how difficult it is just living and feeling like just living is work? We can't just live. Everything has to revolve around our blackness and who we are. And they don't even see us for individuals as a collective. And that's why I don't like the term BAME. I think BAME is again, grouping us and acting as if our struggles are the same when they're not. Mm, they're not the same. And then also, I just have an issue with BAME just literally being everyone but white, which is like the rest of the world, other than <laughs> like your one perspective. But so there has been some good to come from this because yeah. it has really, really opened my eyes to the people. Like, fair enough, you know, the biggest celebrities or the bigger people with big platforms and power that care about this issue and are broadcasting this issue. Like the people that I've seen on social media that have actually gone to the protests in America, some of them have surprised me, but I'm pleasantly surprised to see their participation in the black struggle. But also the people in my own circle, Uh. there is something very, very comforting about knowing that there's people within your like close vicinity that care enough to post these things, that care enough to actively participate in the discussions. Because one of the actions that people can take that maybe some people take for granted is just educating yourself. Absolutely. Stop using your black friends as Google. Educate yeah. yourself. This is this even goes to black people because I had an education from learning about what was actually going on in the, in the UK that just isn't talked about. Yeah. Yeah. There is a really, really good book on this I will find out the name and I will I will send it to you to put it in the show notes and it basically just talks about the black British experiences because the thing with racism in the UK is that it's all microaggressions and just with the way that not all of it because there is police brutality as well don't get it twisted the way that we've been brought up is that we're very reserved we're very conservative people so when you react to stuff is like oh but 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 black people are fine here because you know in america they get shot all the time but we don't, we don't see that in the uk that doesn't happen like we're, we're fine here it feels it feels like an overreaction to be upset that somebody mm. tells you that you look like beyonce it feels like an overreaction that somebody at your workplace feels that it's comfortable to touch your hair because your hair is different. It feels like an overreaction. Everything here feels like an overreaction because it's tiny, little, systematic things that they do. And then it's like, oh, it's not blatant. So, so what are you talking about? Like, I don't, you mean me? I'm racist? How can I be racist? But Bob, who lives down the road, you know, we've known him for 25 years. He comes to our house for a roast. You know, how can I be, can I be racist when Bob comes to my our house and eat? And it's that same mentality that we need to break down. People, this is the time for you to educate yourself. There are so many resources out there. There are videos, there are books, there are um, journals. There are things that you can read. There are things that you can watch. 
to educate yourself, but also do not use your black friends as a rental for your anger. That's not why we are here. We are not here to be mm. angry on your behalf. We are not here to look at violent pictures of our brothers and sisters because we are a community being lynched, being murdered, being beaten up, being treated unfairly and unjustly in a society that has told us many, many times that all we had to do was be good. We don't need that anymore. So now mm. you take on the job, you take on the work, use your privilege and use your platform to actually help the causes of the people you call your friends, you call your neighbours, you call your partners, you call whatever. Just use your use your privilege to do good and stop stressing the rest of us out. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that is the end of Viv's TED Talk. Yes, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No, this felt good to get off my chest. You were on a roll. I know. Because I'm so angry, Leah. Like, I'm so angry that we just always have to be just treated badly just for being black. Like, what Like, what have I done but be black? What did George Floyd do but be black? There's this one quote that really stuck with me, and I'm probably butchering it, and I will find it, and I'll put it in the show notes. And it basically just said that, like, it's basically, you know, the premise of that, um, of that um, white woman who was trying to teach people about race. I think this was back in the eighties. I think she was featured on Oprah where she asked white people, would you trade places with a black person? And they all said no. And she said that the fact that you said no means that you know that there's something wrong and you're not Mm. doing anything about it. Mm. And I think that's the thing that is like the truest, most honest thing. It's the fact that anybody, like even the people that are claiming that racism isn't real. And I'm like, okay, would you wake up tomorrow and be black? I'd be like, glad. You, mm. And they wouldn't because deep okay. down they know, like I think the quote is basically saying that people know that they wouldn't want to be black. And then everything else that they say after that is a lie. Because if, if you know that you wouldn't want to be black tomorrow, it means that you know that there's something wrong, there's something, something wrong. In the, wrong in the way that they're being treated. Yeah. And any talk that you do afterwards about maybe maybe like racism isn't real maybe that they should do this that and the other it's just lies so you are telling yourself because deep down you know that you would not want that experience for yourself no you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you can tan yourself till thy kingdom comes but if you actually had to swap places with a black person and live in black skin for a day you would not do it and there's a reason why you wouldn't do it. That means you understand that you have a privilege. You understand it. On a very, very small side note, you celebrities that are going to Africa and adopting babies and not actually educating yourself on black lives and not educating yourself on black history and not educating yourself on what it means to parent a black child like I wish I was I was doing reads or I was cussing people out because I don't know how to cuss people out. But you really need to go and sit down and take a book because Madonna, what you did this week, <laughs> Madonna, what you did this week to that poor David was unacceptable. Madonna, unacceptable. For those of you that don't know, um, Madonna had her son David dance the racism away. <laughs> you know where. Really- I watched that video and I said, no, this is not happening. He's not dancing to Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay, this is that was a prime example of what I mean. And, and like how Ovi, I think, said something about like, oh, being black is lit, but it's dangerous, lol, lol, lol. 
and I think Pretty Little Thing did a post about like the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. This is this harkens back to what I meant at the very beginning, which is if you like really, really think about what it is that you're going to add to the conversation, and if you do not have anything to add, that is okay. Just look it's to fine. amplify the voices of those that have something important to say, that of those that are contributing. <laughs> uplift those voices use your platform to uplift those voices rather than just adding noise and dance moves it's not by force it's not it's actually not and dance moves bad ones at that as well as in no he was good he was good he was he was feeling it i i just i feel bad that he's going to get teased about it because it just maybe he didn't know the context i don't know he was do you know what it is the boy, the boy was probably just dancing and Madonna thought, you know what? This could be great for the conversation. So let me just insert. Mm. Honestly, like it's draining. It is as it's like, as soon as we're born, we understand that we're different. We're treated differently. And we're just trying to create an environment where the next generation don't feel othered. Like even I can see that my little nieces know that they're others. You know, when mm-hmm. I talk about having white friends, they look at me, they're like, you have white friends? And I'm like, yeah, I have white friends because they understand the privilege that having a white friend or being friends of a white person, they understand that it's very different to the life that they've grown up in. And I just want everybody to have a level playing field. The fact that... Mm-hmm companies in slaying your lane they talk about companies thinking about doing blind applications so that they don't see names it's like why do we have to go as far as not somebody's name for you not to be prejudiced towards them that says a lot about the kind of society we are growing up in working in living in having kids in like it's mad Mm. like the fact that you you see my name and immediately you're like nope I don't want her not, not not because of anything, just because my name is Adebayo. It means that now I have, like, what does it actually mean? What kind of, I'm very interested as to what kind of emotions it stirs up in people. I think it's that people assume that if you have a foreign name that you don't speak English, they imagine burdens for you on your name. So they imagine, okay, maybe she doesn't speak the language. Maybe it's not her first language. And they think, mm-hmm. oh, maybe she may not fit into the culture. Maybe when I'm, mm-hmm. we, like, you know how they have like office outings and a lot, one thing that people don't tell you about being hired is that a good chunk of it is just likability and whether they like you or not because they're going to have to have lunch with you they're going to invite you to the Christmas party like sometimes that might be a thing that they think so this is another burden that they've added on to you in terms of like how much work they're going to have to do to make you assimilate into the group so they may may assume your language they may assume your capabilities they may assume how well you'll integrate into the group and I think those are little things that contribute into how they think of you in the application process which is crazy because I've grown up here all my life and it wouldn't even matter if I hadn't grown up here because if somebody is applying for a job, them being able to come to a Christmas party or going on lunches should not be the determining factor whether or not they get it, if they're qualified for the role. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, that should not be the defining factor, but I guess that's just the way the punches roll. 2020 has just been the year that has shone the light on all of the cracks, all of the dark places in the world. It basically has been like, okay, capitalism is bullshit. Yeah. I'm honestly looking at all of the billionaires of the world and just thinking, how long did you think that everyone would be complacent with 
a small number of people hoarding the majority of the wealth, especially mm-hmm. when the racial wealth gap makes things even harder. So, and the, you know, and the gender pay gaps, I'm like, okay, so, so there's all of these levels that make things harder for people and you've made it even worse by adding to this this wealth gap in the okay so how long did you think people were just going to sit back and allow that to happen on top of that like COVID-19 shone a light on the way that governments prioritize companies and businesses and making money over the lives of their people over people and that is compounded by the kinds of bodies that they're willing to put on the front lines for things bodies like bellies and it just it just shone a light on so many things and one of the things maybe this is a bit pettier but in all of this talk about race, it has shone the light on the kind of people who people choose to have relationships with, romantic relationships with. Mm. Yes. And like, there's been people calling out like the people that like black dick. Where are you? (laughs) I saw a tweet once where it was like, black man tweeted, look, when we have bigger struggles, the black girls are talking about how we love to sleep with Latinas. This isn't the time we have bigger struggles. And a Latina commented, yeah, just because we like black dick, like it doesn't mean we have to get involved. And someone said, my problem is that you do call them black dick rather than black men. Black men. So I just, I just recommend that everybody has a second look at, um, obviously do whatever you want. We're all equal. So date whoever you want, date whatever race you want, but just really, really think about who it is that you might have a baby with and who it is that's going to be raising your children. Yeah. This is the problem. This is the problem because they say, well, I can like black D or whatever they've called it and not care about the actual issues that surround black men. But that just shows that you don't you don't care you don't value mm. the person, which is the problem at the that's the problem. That is actually the beginning of the problem, which is that you don't value the person. You just value what you get from that person. So what happens now when you have a child that has to go through those experiences? So when you're upset with them, would you call them the N-word? Because I've seen that. I have seen, you know, non-black mothers call their children the N-word because they're upset with them. Because guess what? From the beginning, they didn't care. They never valued you mm. as a person. They don't care about your struggles. That's not b- ever been part of their vocabulary. That's not been part of why they d- they started to date a black man in the first place. And I do look at black men with a side eye. I mean, of course, social media amplifies thing, and we only see what it is in our echo chamber. And I know that maybe in real life there are there is definitely black love because I see it. But it's also like, let's start checking ourselves. Let's stop dating people that don't value mm-hmm. us as human beings and just see us for our penises or our breasts or our bums. Let's stop dating people that just fetishize us. Let's start dating people that actually value us as human beings and and see our struggle and recognize it and say, do you know what, babe, I see what you're going through. I'm here for it. How can I help? How can I educate myself? Like what tools can I use to help me understand you as a person better? Because trust me, that love will be more sweeter than somebody that just sees you and says, oh yeah, he can knack me good. Like, what is that? Or the people that want specifically mixed race babies. Or, or those two, because if you want a specifically mixed baby, when that mixed baby comes home to you and said, oh, mummy, I'm going through this at school, blah, blah, blah. How are you going to educate your child when you are stupid yourself? And then also there's been talk about what are you going to actually do if the child, the mixed race baby that you really wanted comes out a shade or two darker than you anticipated or their hair isn't in the texture it's that you wanted. Curly. So what, what happens then? what happens then and this everything just circles back like everything just circles back round and round and round and round and round and 
the, at the at the core of our conversation, we are just telling people to just value us as human beings. Stop mm. looking at us as parts of us. Like, stop fetishizing. Stop using us as exhibitions. Stop using us to further whatever agenda that you have, and start looking at us as human beings equal to you. We all started this life at taking a breath. You know, we all started this life at the same way. Our parents held us in for nine months. If not, maybe you were held in an incubator for until you were able to go home. But essentially, so we all should just really try to see each other as equals and try our best to educate ourselves and stop stop stressing black people out, okay? Enough is enough. And I, like <laughs> I said before, we can fight. So if you want, if you want, we can always fight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool oh the i feel like the joking aside there is like this is labor it's a lot of work this is actual having these kind of conversations and this kind of level of education is labor and luckily there are some people that are going to be paid for this labor like we will put in the description this is going to be the most informative episode description like show notes that you we will ever have we are going to put in some people to follow on instagram that you can pay to teach you that you can pay to invite to go give a talk at your work at your school there are people that are educators like Kalechi has talked about how she has been invited in to go give a talk um, at a certain police precinct and that she's yes. preparing her notes to go give a talk on on racism and racial bias. So it, it, it is work. I want people, this is why I say don't use your, friend, your black friends as Google because it is work. It is laborious to have to justify your existence. Yes. All the time. <laughs> to the oppressor. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> imagine for free imagine for free no, no. when google is free no no enough <laughs> is enough enough is enough because i don't know what to say i'm not i'm not a social justice warrior i don't know anything i everything i know is through experience through reading sometimes and i don't want to put my opinions on other people but i will always amplify voices because i feel like people can express themselves my thoughts in a way that i could never express my thoughts so mm. I really appreciate those people and I'll always give them the credit because I can't take credit for ideas that I didn't formulate into words. It's just been in my head. So, um, yeah, these show notes will be quite extensive. I will, I will literally send you some books, Leah, that I think are very good at highlighting some of the problems. But yeah, the the reason that I almost cried is because sometimes you just feel like you can't win or like you're just like, am I doing the right thing? Or like you don't necessarily know what to do or what to say and sometimes I feel like you just need time to process yeah yeah no I agree I agree and it's 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 hard it's hard as a black person because people do look to you for some level of for like a comment or a reaction or something like people look to you to see how they should operate and sometimes that's just not possible possible for us to go through it that way and I think it's also valuable to take a breath before you actually decide to actually make an action or to say something like the thing is it's also about how not all of your actions have to be visible exactly it helps in the time of social media to post something, to share something, to amplify voices but sometimes not all of your work has to be visible me reading about the black people in the UK that have been killed like am I supposed to to you know do a an, an Instagram live of me reading? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> people don't always see yeah. the work that's being yeah. done behind the scenes they don't see okay let me look up all of like they don't they don't see the the like this is what i was saying the education is is one of the most underrated actions that people can take yeah it's much better for you to understand what's actually going on because in reality like when people look to you for ideas or for a comment what they they're not really even really looking for a comment because when you look to like pretty little thing and stuff do you remember the first thing that they were saying like everyone was saying oh you know um what they were saying wasn't very good blah blah it's because they didn't really know what to say and it shows that if you're Mm. not taking the time out to really understand the gravity of the situation then again you're just gonna look like a mug yeah you're just gonna look like Like, i feel like poor ovi i do feel like poor ovi because he has a platform yes but he clearly uh, ovi is not known for his brains no we just want to see his face It's like, yes, he's a black man, but like he, he clearly wasn't in the position to give a statement, at least to give the statement that people were wanting from him. Yeah. I think it's like people look to black people to champion and to like, to light the fire in other people. And it's like, yeah. oh, can, you know, can we just live? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I, and it comes back to the whole culture thing where you're looking for a response, but no response it would actually is actually sufficient enough unless it's coming from a place of this is actually what I want to say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody was saying to look into Ovi, look into all these people. Oh yeah. But why haven't they said anything? Why haven't this, why haven't this person said something? Why haven't that person said something? And then they say something and we're like, Oh, actually that's not good enough. Yeah. Because they they were never going to say something anyway. Mm. So they're just, they're just going to say whatever. And I have seen a lot of black people show their asses. I have seen a lot really? of black people show their asses on Twitter. Just like, re- you really could have just said nothing. Mm. You really, really could have just said nothing. It's a very, very emotional subject. Yeah. And honestly, it's fine for you to take a break. For you to, for you not to even say anything is fine. Just be doing something in the background. It's okay for you not to be doing anything on social media. Do you know what? That's why I was thinking the other day. I was like, I am sure. Like, how is it? How do people who aren't on social media, because some people don't use Instagram or Snapchat, how is it that they that they join stuff like this? Like, how do they find out this information? Is it just through word of mouth? And then how do they action themselves in order to actually see a change and then when they aren't on social media do people think oh yeah they're not doing anything i think that they maybe just use traditional media like newspapers and and like actually watch the news on tv and maybe that's how they get access to their information and maybe they just do their google maybe the people that aren't on social media are more you know able or more proficient at doing their googles because they have to find information it's not like they're just on social media and information is constantly bombarding them Yeah absolutely and a very very just a tiny just a tiny 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 side note yeah when you have done the work okay when you have done the work and i'm looking at you white people when when you've done the work please don't come back to us black people 
and now start telling us we're not doing something right or we're doing something wrong because you now have information. No, 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 no. Because I have, I have, I have heard of many, many people who have told me like a white person will be like, Oh, so how, how is it that you didn't know about X, Y, and Z? Oh my goodness. Mm. Oh, how is it that you don't do this? The things that you want to say to them, you want to say, because our education system has whitewashed history. Yeah. Not everybody has access to this information that you've gone and sought out for yourself. For yourself. Because there are some social justice warriors, like white social justice warriors out there who make you in, feel inadequate for being a black person because you don't have certain informations. It is fine for you to get your information and it is fine for you to dissipate that in whatever way you feel. But do not make a black person feel worse about their experience because they don't have information on something that they haven't gone on to yet. So that's just mm. a little, little side note, because I have seen that a lot where a white person thought it was OK, because then they think it's OK to speak on our issues. It's still not OK to speak on our issues. The only thing you do, you know, what I mean, like you still can't say to us, mm. oh, this is the way you should now operate in your society. No, that one cannot run. You can help us in ways where you're using your privilege. But now be telling us, oh, yeah, you black people need to start doing this or, oh, you're a they use that coon word. I don't know what that means. They're like, oh, you're a coon. If you don't know, that is never going to be okay. That is mm. never going, because again, you are using your privilege because you're a white person to now tell a black person you are in the wrong because you ain't doing this X, Y, and Z. Don't do that. It's not your place. It's not your job to do that. Your job is to use your privilege to further the cause of black people being seen as equals. It's not to... Obviously, you can criticize. You can say, mm, maybe have a read of this because I learned a lot from that. But you know what I mean? Like when those people, they try to tell mm. you. It's, it's a tone thing where some people yeah. like make you feel small. There's a way that you can impart information on to, to someone without making them feel small. Well, yeah. and, and, and it's like they should also just acknowledge how difficult it was for them to get hold of that information. To get that information, how, yes. If you're busy just trying to exist, if you're busy just trying to navigate life, maybe you're working, maybe you're not exactly. Some of these are academic texts. Some of them are expensive. Some of them you have to get through uh, like online, like academic portals. Some of them you can only access through like Blackboard or whatever. So don't just expect that. Know that that information has been kept behind all of those paywalls for, for a, reason. a reason. For a reason. For a reason. For a reason. So yeah, let's just, let's remember that. In you educating and furthering your education, don't now come back and start being belittling black people. Still uplift us, help, you know, be honest, be open, be willing to still learn and understand. Because guess what? None of those texts will be comparable to the experiences that we have to live through every single day. And that's my two pence done for this week. <laughs> that was a great two pence. Honestly, sometimes I think that we will only be seen as equal when the aliens come and then it will just be humans versus them. I hope they come soon. Did they say? <laughs> like literally one of the things that has just been like skipped out was that the NASA or whatever were like, oh yeah, we have UFOs. We have UFOs. Like, yeah, we've seen them. And it's like, oh, okay. And that's kind of, and nobody really spoke about it. We're living in a very, very strange time. Very, very strange time. I just hope that everybody's keeping safe in this period. Please protect your mental health. If you need to log off, log off. If you need to take time off, take time off. Um, yes. So everybody just 
please stay safe. And coronavirus is still out. I know the sun is out, but coronavirus is still out. So please do social mm-hmm. distance as much as you can. And, you know, if you don't have to leave your house, you can, I think you can go for walks now, can't you? And actually meet people. Yeah, and you can stuff. Go for walks. So yeah, just try to still keep social distancing because I'm a scientist and I really, it really does scare me what this virus can do. But yes, like everybody, I hope you're keeping safe and keeping your mental health in check and stuff. So yeah. And especially black people in the UK, like actually do try and follow some of these social distancing rules because I think I've seen statistics that the police have been more on black people. Like they've had more um, citations or whatever for breaking social distancing than other races. So just keep that in mind when you're when you're out trying to socialize yeah we're not all Dominic Cummings out here so you know just remember Mm. that (laughs) yeah we would love for you guys to um, participate in this conversation on social media and we are on Instagram and Twitter at r2pence that's o-u-r the number two p-e-n-c-e on both Instagram and Twitter yes I've been Vivian and I have been Leah and we hope that you have really, really taken something from this conversation. Vivian did an excellent job today. I just have to give a little, oh. little something, something to Vivian. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's just been something that's been sitting on my mind for a long time. And I f- I'm so glad that we have a platform where you and I can just be honest and be open about how mm. our experiences have shaped how we you know react to these things. And I hope that something takes away from it if if nothing just remember that black people are humans as well and we deserve just decency that you give to your white counterparts so yes that's it and on that note we will see you in two weeks time in two weeks time have a great evening or day or bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs>